Well, there was a parliamentary hearing that was set down to examine whether cannabis should be legalised in Australia. It was last Wednesday in Brisbane. We talked about it last week. Uh, They're looking at the potential legislation of cannabis for adults uh, having uh, cannabis for recreational use. Now, the inquiry was prompted by a bill introduced to the Upper House last year by the Green Senator David Shoebridge, uh, and it would allow for the possession of cannabis. They've got something very similar like this already happening in Canberra and the ACT, and we talked about that a couple of years ago. Senator Shoebridge is uh, on, the, on the telephone now. Senator, good morning and welcome to Triple M again. Yeah, yeah, good to speak. How'd it go? Oh, I think it went pretty bloody well, to be honest. Um, really strong support from the community, really strong support from law reform, strong support from a bunch of people within the medical profession. Uh, rather frustratingly, we didn't get the support from the Australian Medical Association, but, you know, it was a if you were going to have a scorecard for legalising cannabis, I think it came out like 5-1 at the end of the day. So, uh, you know, if... if if the committee listens to the evidence and responds to the evidence, then, uh, you know, it, it, it's a very good indication for the bill. Okay, we're, we're a fair way away from that actually happening, but I just want to know what you're proposing. Are you proposing similar laws to what's now in place in the ACT? Uh, well, yes, in part, but it goes significantly beyond. Take us through how your plan would work. So our plan would provide for a legal cannabis market um, across the country. So it would be uh, significantly more than what happens in the ACT. In the ACT, it's no longer a crime to be in possession of cannabis, but if police find you with cannabis, they can confiscate the cannabis and basically give you a parking ticket. And, um, and it's no longer a crime to have up to six plants, sorry, up to four plants growing um, at home in the ACT. But it's still a crime to produce cannabis. It's still a crime to sell cannabis. Um, our model would would create a single legal national market for cannabis uh, across all of Australia. It would provide for a new uh, national regulatory body called the Cannabis Australia National Authority. Um, and that would issue licenses for people to uh, grow cannabis for people to manufacture products, maybe edibles or maybe drinks, um, and would issue licenses for cannabis cafes and cannabis dispensaries where people people could consume cannabis. And it would also allow people to grow up to six plants at home six, without having to have a license. Six per person? No, six per resident. Six so, per resident. Gotcha. Yes. Gotcha. Yep. Um. What about what do you say to people who say, "Oh, cannabis smoking pot is a gateway drug to stronger drugs"? Well, first of all, I'd say there's there's no actual evidence to support this idea that it's a gateway drug to other drugs. But even more fundamentally, if you were concerned about that and you were concerned about young people maybe going to a drug dealer mm. and being offered cannabis or some other drugs that might be, you know, substantially more harmful. Well, surely legalising cannabis is your best way of shutting that gate because people won't have to go to a drug dealer to get cannabis. Yeah. They'll be able to get it from a legitimate, licensed, well-regulated dispensary. Um, and in fact, you know, if people were concerned about that, well, come on board and help legalise cannabis. Do you think we're getting close to regulating 
all drugs. I've got a very good friend uh, who, who uh, has been on the program many times, Matt Knopf. So I don't know if you know Matt. He's he's Ted Knopf's grandson. Yeah. Um, and he's a great advocate for the regulation of drugs because it cuts out that criminal element, exactly what you said. And then when you're buying a drug, whether it be meth, ecstasy, cannabis, whatever, uh, you're buying a product that has um, been manufactured under strict guidelines and conditions and you're not getting contaminated rubbish. But as I said, you're also cutting out the criminal elements. Do, do you think we should be looking at regulating all drugs? Well, we should absolutely be decriminalising the possession of all drugs. So people shouldn't be going to jail because they're possessing for, for, a, a for personal use. For personal use. That, yeah. that absolutely shouldn't. And our, I mean, the Greens Party position federally is that we should be creating a legal market for cannabis and doing all of those things for cannabis. So you you know it's not contaminated with pesticides, you know the strength, you've got quality controls, you've got health warnings, you've got labelling requirements. Um, you know, that would be a great thing to do for cannabis. Uh, we don't have the position federally that that should apply to all drugs. Um, but, but, you know, you can understand the reasoning of Matt Knopf's where he says, well, actually... You know, how does the world benefit from leaving this huge markets to be regulated, if you could call it that, by bikey gangs and organised crime? You know, they have no interest in, in, you just, you in, just... a, in, a, in a quality, in, in even a clean product. But, you know, our position at the moment is to provide that that national market for cannabis. You just mentioned regulating the strength. I don't know how you do that with cannabis. I know how you can do it with alcohol. And when you buy alcohol, when you buy grog, the strength is on the label. Um, um, I, I used to homebrew. I don't do it anymore. It's just got too much work. But I, when I used to homebrew, I mean, homebrewers can make limitless amounts of beer so long as they don't sell it. And they can make that beer as alcoholic as they want. Um, how do you regulate yep. the strength of cannabis? And I'll I tell you this, because with alcohol, when it comes to operating a motor car, we know that the national limit is 0. 0.05. 0. 0.05 and above is illegal. You've got to be under 0. Yep. 0. 0.05. Or less if you're a learner, etc. Oh, learner or piece yep. zero. Yep. yep. And professional drivers. But if but if you are smoking cannabis, any amount in your blood shows up, and that's illegal. How do you regulate the the strength of THC in well, cannabis, and and how do you measure it, and then and then at what national level would you agree on that is okay to drive a motor car with with uh, THC in your blood? Well, we can break this up into two parts. First of all, how do you regulate for strength and test for strength? Well, that's what our model would provide for. Okay. The Cannabis Australia National Authority would mm. require labelling. That labelling would require the strength of THC. Um, that would require anyone producing it to test the product that they're making and um, get a lab test to show the strength of the product they're making. And, and the Cannabis Australia National Authority would be the new national authority would provide would 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 test that those results. I mean, it wouldn't test every batch, but it would have the powers and the resources to randomly test product and to issue quite severe penalties if people have breached the license, the, you know, falsely yeah. labelled the product. So that can be done. And in fact, if you have a look in Canada or the United States where there is an existing legal market, the product is all labelled for strength. And are you allowed you to drive in those countries? Are you allowed to drive a motor car with THC in your blood in those countries? Well, they they don't have our ridiculous rules, which say 
the smallest detectable presence of cannabis in your system is a crime, regardless mm. of whether or not you're impaired. All of those jurisdictions have impairment tests. And, and, and most of the time, those impairment tests are, are for the same for cannabis as they would be for things like benzodiazepines or other drugs. The thing that confuses me, you have to have some sort of a benchmark limit. I get that. I get that. Because when it comes to alcohol 0.05, some people are impaired at 0.05 and some people are not. Everybody's body's a bit different, but you've got to have some benchmark. Yeah. Well, look, no, I, I agree that that, that 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 is one way of regulating for um, uh, for anybody who has cannabis in their system when they're driving. I think we can start with this point, though. doesn't matter whether a drug is legal or illegal. doesn't matter whether it's alcohol or um, prescription painkillers or benzodiazepines or cannabis. If, if you're driving and you have a, an amount of drugs in your system, legal or legal, illegal, that impairs you, that should be a crime and you should be, you know, mm. caught. If you're caught, you should be lose your license and be taken off the road. Mm. Um, and it should not matter if it's legal or illegal. So that's the starting point. The question is, you know, testing for cannabis is is um, that there is no globally agreed standard that you can test for the amount of cannabis. That's what I mean. That, yeah. The, um, if we were going to get one, it mm. would be a bit like what you said on alcohol. We'd, we'd get a level which is kind of like the best fit. And for some people, they might think it's unfair. For some people, it's too little. For some people, it's too much. But it's kind of the best fit that that, that sort of matches the, the broader population with the amount of cannabis. So that's one way. The other way is we could do what they have in Tasmania. We could do what they have in California. We could do what they have in Colorado, which is you have a – it's a crime to be driving if you're impaired with any drug. If you get pulled over by police and you've been driving erratically or they've, they've mm. pulled you over for another reason and they and you appear to be stoned or you appear to be impaired, they can um, perform some basic tests on you, get you to, you know, uh, walk on a line or... Oh, like in America, the sobriety test. But you'd still yeah, have to then, measure... Then, but you'd still have to have a machine that can measure how much THC is in your system and we'd well, have to... Well then, well, then, well, then, yes, after that, they could measure the amount of cannabis in your system and then... If you're found to have a significant amount of cannabis in your system and there was evidence of your impairment, well, then you lose your license. That that's the way it operates at the moment in Tasmania, actually. Yeah, but they, the, the police would no need difference. the police no would need some sort of levels. the police would need some sort of machine like they have with the random breath testing that you blow in it or whatever, and it shows if you're over a limit, and we'd have to nationally agree on what that limit is. Yeah, I don't think that's beyond us to find a sensible limit. But the good news is we don't need to fix that for this bill. I mean, I would like to fix that nationally, but the Commonwealth Parliament doesn't have the legislative power to, okay. to override all those state laws. So what, what this bill would do would be to create a national market, to make it legal. That, I think, would be a, an incredibly powerful way to indicate to the states that their current rules on cannabis, which is basically because it's illegal, if you have a tiny amount of it in your system, they're going to whack you. If it's no longer illegal... I think there'll be incredible pressure on all the states and territories to come up with some sensible drug driving laws. I'm talking to Green Senator David Shoebridge, who's um, arguing for the legalisation for the possession of cannabis. If you, when you, if, if this bill gets across and you buy your cannabis from a regulated, authorised source, can you guarantee the price? Uh, and what sort of price would you be looking at? Obviously, the government would get a tax out of it, but would it be priced 
beyond people's means like cigarettes are? Well, absolutely not. We we got the Commonwealth um, Parliament's uh, Parliamentary Budget Office, which is a bunch of highly qualified boffins, basically. You know, they crunch numbers for policy for a um, for a profession. And um, so that we asked the Parliamentary Budget Office to have a look at what they thought the retail price would be and what they thought the tax take would be if we legalised cannabis and put in a 15% sales tax together with GST. Um, and, and and what was fascinating was that they looked at the Canadian experience. Uh, they, they had a look at the different tax levels and they said with a 15% sales tax plus GST, when you legalise cannabis, the retail price in the legal market would basically halve from the current retail okay. price, would basically halve over a decade. The, you know, the, the price you'd pay, including the tax, would halve, and there'd be about $28 billion in public revenue in it. Yeah. All right. Look, it's very... So, so, it's, which is great, it's, because if the retail price halves, then people will, 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 will be attracted to the legal market, and they won't keep that's buying right. it's, from the illegal market. The legal market's got to be cheaper than the illegal market, otherwise it, it defeats the purpose. Look, I think it's fat, very, very interesting. Let's stay in touch on this and let me know how it progresses. Yeah, cheers, Luke. Good speaking. It's good talking to you too. Thanks for your time, Senator. My pleasure. Green Senator David Shoebridge.